Good morning. My name is Clay Thomas. I am the worship pastor here. We are digging through this Struggle is Real series. Now, I have a, I have a son, a two-year-old. His name's Ford. My wife wanted to name him Chevy, but I said, how dare you disgrace him like that, all right? Ford Tough. Uh, Ford is an animal. Uh, he loves dinosaurs, so maybe that's where he gets his craziness from, but um, I, I am in charge of Monday through Thursday, changing my boys, getting them ready for school, and taking them and dropping them off at their little PDO that they go to. I, I think I'm running for father of the year for that, just being able to do that every single day, but uh, no, what my struggle is with Ford in the mornings is it all started one day where somehow he realized uh, he's got power in his legs, all right? I don't know if he's been working out on the side when I haven't seen, but one day I, I, uh, I come up to change him, and he blows it up in his diaper, all right? It, it's like one of those where you're like, honey, I promise you, I'll give you a back massage every day this week if you change this one, right? You don't want to touch it. Some of your parents are like, uh, this morning, that happened, yes. Um, so it was one of those where I'm just like, man, maybe I could leave it and just tell the PDO daycare people, I didn't know, but it's, I mean, it smelled so bad that I couldn't pass it off, and so uh, I went to start changing him, and I'm kind of wiping him down, and he, uh, he somehow wraps his legs around my arm, and then does a, like a hip turn, and takes my arm down like this, where my elbow's dipping in his little surprise that he has for me in his diaper, and I'm in pain, I'm disgusted, but I'm kind of proud at the same time because my son just pulled a UFC move on me, right? Like Conor McGregor prodigy in my house. I don't know. But every single day from that point on, I kind of get amped and ready to change my son's diaper, right? Like I got Metallica going, Inner Sandman, let's go. I'm ready to come put some fight moves. You're going to punk on me? You're going to put me in an arm bar? Uh, I, I start talking trash, you know, like, come on, Chevy, right? Dodge? No, 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 that's too far. Too far. We don't call him Dodge, that's too mean. But it's, from that point on, it was an experience of all kinds of emotions for me, and it was, it was difficult, and uh, let's just say it was a struggle for me, all right? And, and the thing is, I would, love, I would love to talk about those kind of struggles today. That would be nice, right? Keep it light. Let's all go ahead and break off into some groups and talk about those kind of struggles we're dealing with of changing our kids. Keep it comfortable don't get awkward and go deep on us. Let's just keep it up here with the icing, right? That would be nice. But the thing is, those struggles are not the struggles that are hindering me in my life to live to the fullest, right? Like those struggles are not the ones that are hindering me from having joy, from having hope, from having love, and experiencing this life the way God designed it for me and created it for me. It's my real struggles, my hard, my difficult struggles that are hindering me of that. Now, I think we can all relate to each other that we have some difficult struggles, like we are experiencing some hard things. If you don't believe me, out in that foyer, there's a board just filled with all of our struggles. That's our church. And there's a lot on there, a wide variety of struggles, and there's even a lot that's not even on there that we've kind of marked and said, hey, I don't want this to be shown to anybody and everybody, but I'm just letting you know this is a struggle and it's anonymous. And uh, we're dealing with some hard stuff. I think it's safe to assume we're dealing with some things that are hindering us 
in our life, the way God designed it for us, the God's plan for us, we're, we're being robbed of some joy. We're being robbed of some peace, of some hope, of some love, because we're dealing with these struggles. Now, pretty recently, I was driving in my car, and uh, man, I was, just go- I was going through some hard times, just experiencing some difficult struggles, and uh, it was just kind of frustrating, and usually I've got, you know, music going. I think it's required in my job description to be listening three hours to Air One or something, since I'm the worship pastor, but this time I wasn't, and uh, I was it's just silent in my car, and I'm just like exhausted, I'm frustrated, my mind's just kind of just processing. Apparently, that's the sound of my mind when it processes. I don't know what that was, but... Um, I'm sitting in my car, and, and I just, I feel defeated. Like, I, I just kind of feel hopeless, frustrated. And no joke, like, I'm not, I'm not making this up to, to fit our series that we're going through. Uh, this is a true story. In this moment where I'm feeling so hopeless and defeated, it was like this thought was put on my brain, like, just put in my mind. I didn't produce this thought Uh, I didn't hear this thought from somebody else earlier that week. This thought was just like laid on my mind, and it said, you are struggling, but you are not defeated. And in that moment, it caused me to just say out loud in the silence of my car, I'm struggling, but I am not defeated. I am going through some hard stuff. I'm going through some difficulties. I'm struggling here, but I'm not defeated. And no joke, in that moment, like I, the moment I said it out loud, I just like broke down. It was like tears of joy and brokenness at the same time. People were driving by, they're like, what is wrong with him? Like, I just didn't care what anybody thought. I was just in this moment. And, and it's like, God just like, he didn't, it wasn't an audible voice even though I wish it was because it would make the story really cool, but it was just this thought that was just nugget of truth that was just kind of put on my mind in that moment where I just felt hopeless and defeated. And I went from this feeling of defeat to a feeling of kind of victorious, of hopeful instead of hopeless. And, And I think before we go any further in this series, before we go any further today, I think it would be very good for us to it's going to get a little awkward and uncomfortable with yourself, but to bring those struggles that you're dealing with to the forefront of your mind. Think about them. Bring them up. I know we like, we like to suppress them. We don't like to think about them. We don't like to deal with them. But just dig them out of the dirt and bring them to the forefront of your mind and just know in your mind, say it in your mind, I am struggling with these things. I am struggling, but I am not defeated. I am struggling, but I am not defeated. See, when you anchor your struggles in Christ, and it has to be Christ alone, when you anchor your struggles in Christ, you no longer feel like you're you're defeated in your struggles, but you actually start seeing your struggles as opportunities, right? Like when you anchor your struggles in Christ, your struggles become opportunities, opportunity to clean out the closet of your life, opportunity to grow and experience God showing up in unique ways in the midst of your struggles. Now, when we kind of refuse to deal with those struggles, we suppress them, we step on them, and we don't want to ever see them again. We don't want to deal with them. 
we don't want to face up to them, if we don't deal with those, it's going to rob us of our future. Right? When we don't deal with our past, when we don't deal with the struggles we're going through, when we don't deal with the experiences we've, we've had or the things we said or this moment where it just affected us, when we don't deal with that, it's going to rob us of our future. It's going to rob us of the hope and the joy and the love that Christ wants you to experience while you're temporarily here on this earth. Instead, we've got to face them. I, I think Mark, uh, Mark talked about this last week. He talked about running this race. Uh, and he, he runs half marathons. I don't know why, because that sounds miserable, right? That would be a struggle for real for me. Uh, but he runs these and he's training for them and I don't know, 13 miles, I can barely do 1.5, but he, he trains and disciplines his body, practices self-control to help him run this race, and he's relating that to when we face temptation, when we face our struggles, man, let's discipline ourselves, let's practice self-control so we can face this temptation and be victorious and not defeated by it. And I think it's, I think it's pretty difficult, though, when it comes to running this race uh, with Christ in this life, it's pretty difficult when we've got this 100-pound weight chained to our leg, right? We're trying to run this race for Christ, but our past and our struggles and our sin, we're just not dealing with them, and so they're just chained to us. And they're slowing us down. They're kind of keeping us still, keeping us in the same circle instead of moving forward and running this race with Christ. We have got to Deal with that weight. We've got to deal with our struggles, deal with our past, or else we are going to be robbed of our future. First thing in doing that is facing it. Face the truth. Face your struggles. Stop suppressing them. Stop trying to hide from them. Stop trying to shove them under the rug. Instead, face them. Bring them out. I know that's uncomfortable. I know that's awkward. I know that's not a good feeling but you are going to be robbed of your future if you don't. Face them. And the next thing, just accept it for what it is. Right? I know we wish we could go back and do things differently. We wish we wouldn't have said that. We wish we would have bit our tongue in that moment. We wish we had never experienced that. But what's done is done. Accept it for what it is. Stop trying to change it. It's, it's in the past. It's done. Accept it. And then finally, I think this is, this is the hardest thing for me, and it may be for you, but accept grace, not guilt. Accept grace, not guilt. Because the thing is, if you accept guilt because of your past, if you accept guilt because of the struggles you're dealing with, you are not going to experience the physical, emotional, and spiritual freedom that God intends you to experience on this earth. You're going to be robbed of it because you're going to be drowning in your guilt and misery. But if you accept grace, if you accept the grace that Jesus extends to us, where he takes your struggles, they're nailed to the cross, he's paid for them, past, present, and future sins, future struggles. If, if, you, if you accept grace, you're going to experience the chain being broken off your leg. The weight is going to be gone. 
and you're going to experience the freedom that he intends for you to experience in this life. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus talking here, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Face your struggles. Accept them for what they are. Face your past. Accept it for what it is. And then accept this amazing grace that is so sufficient, that covers all, that is all we need. Nothing else will satisfy except this grace instead of the guilt that our enemy wants you to to accept and live in. What, What does that look like? Because for me, I love examples. I like, okay, I got point, point, point. That's nice. What do I do with that? What does that look like? Help me out here, right? Uh, And this is going to require me to be a little vulnerable. Um, Doug said as leaders, we got to lead first. And he talked about struggles he dealt with. And then he left to go on sabbatical. And so I couldn't complain about mine and having to share them. So thanks, Doug. Just playing. Um. One of my biggest struggles is uh, the way I communicate with my wife. And some of you are like, dude, that's marriage. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I can get frustrated pretty easily um, if I'm not understood. Uh, we we kind of just created in this way where uh, we love to defend. And so when we get in arguments... Um, it's kind of like a ping pong match, right? Like defense, 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 defense. And tempers start rising and frustrations are rising. And uh, I, like, I like hitting pause and processing, right? Uh, my wife loves settling it now. She doesn't like sitting on it. She wants to settle it now. And so I'm like, those are our natural tendencies. Thank, God, thank you, God, <laughs> for making us that way. That makes it super easy in marriage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of our makeup, and we've been married for six years. First few years were very difficult. It's like God took these two sinners, put them together, and say, do life together. Good luck. I'm like, thanks. Wow, we figured out a lot uh, how selfish we are, and uh, man, we've had some major blow-ups. Uh, the enemy loves to put these little phrases in my mind in the moment where I'm like, man, that's a dagger, but it's going to nail my point. And so I wrestle. Some of you guys are like, amen, you say that, dude. Chill. Grace, grace, right? But he just puts these things on my mind, and I'm like, and sometimes I've said them, and they've been so destructive, and they didn't help my point whatsoever, and it just made things so much worse, and we've gone through some difficult arguments and here's what we've learned we tried suppressing them and just kind of moving on early on in our marriage we tried that and realized that doesn't work because the more we suppress it and try and hide it under this rug the bigger the rug gets and the more we start tripping over it and it just reveals itself more and more and we're not we're not handling our issues and our problems instead we're trying to hide from them and run away and it doesn't solve anything 
Because we said till death do us part, so we're not going to do the rest of our, our life in marriage with just this giant rug full of problems. We figured out, man, we have to face our issues. We have to face our problems, our struggles, and the way we communicate, the way we argue. And we just got to own it. Like what's done is done. What has been said has been said. Yes, it's done damage. Acknowledge it, own it, accept it for what it is. And then the hard part about it, but it's so good for us, is first accepting the grace extended to us from Christ, where we repent from the things we've said, the anger that rose up in us, the way we responded to it, the way we communicated to each other, and say, God, that's nailed on the cross. You paid for that, past, present, future. And then accept and extend grace towards each other. I think I've said it before. Uh, what I found out in marriage is uh, a lot of two words, grace and love, grace and love, over and over and over again. Just continuing, showing grace, extending grace, accepting grace, and showing and extending love and accepting that love. We've grown tremendously in our arguments. We're not perfect. We're actually far from perfect, but we have grown tremendously when we started facing it, owning it, accepting it, and then accepting grace and not living in our guilt and trying to suppress that stuff. There's been times where God has given us a spirit of gentleness when, when frustrations start to rise. And I'm telling you, his grace is sufficient it doesn't just save us, but it's sufficient. Maybe, maybe your, your struggles could be, they don't necessarily involve somebody else, but it's just you, right? Like maybe your struggles is with uh, a pornography or substance abuse or habitual lying, right? It's just kind of a continual thing for you. These things are very addictive, and so it's this, this repetition of sin, repetition of, of struggle, and you don't want to face it. You don't want to accept it. Because it's, it's uncomfortable for you. It makes you feel miserable. It makes you feel so guilty. So you rather would just kind of ignore that feeling. Suppress it, right? And, and don't even deal with it. You are going to get robbed of the freedom of your future. Unless you deal with that stuff. You face it. Accept it for what it is. What's done is, has been done. Accept the grace that man, God covers that sin. Not just certain sins. God covers that. Not accepting the guilt. And then moving forward, making war with your struggles. Finding somebody you can open up to and trust and, and kind of unload and be real with. If we're going to be real with our struggles, we kind of need to be real with the people around us that we love and that we trust. That can help us and push us towards the cross rather than pull us away. We've got to get real about it. We've got to face it, and we've got to accept this grace because God's grace is not just the unmerited favor that saves us, but it is a force that also sustains us, right? Like God's grace is not just the unmerited favor that saves us, but a force that also sustains us. There's power in his grace. We just talked about how his grace is sufficient for us and that power is made perfect in my weaknesses, in my struggles, in my sin. 
God's grace is able to sustain you as you're running this race, as you face temptation. It can give you victory. That power that raised Jesus from the dead, right? He died on the cross, but the power of God raised him from the dead. That same power, God's grace, is within you, sealed with the Holy Spirit for those who have put their trust and accepted this amazing grace in Christ Jesus. That power is within you, and it can sustain you as you face your trials, as you face your temptations, as you face your struggles. God's grace saves us. We are justified because of his grace through faith in him. It sustains us. It's sufficient for us, and it sustains us. You start seeing your struggles as opportunities, opportunities to grow because of the power within his grace, opportunities to to teach the most, to grow the most. I mean, you got kids. If you have kids, you're looking, they're looking at you and seeing how you handle these struggles, how you interact with your spouse, right? They're learning, they're processing just as much. Man, you have an opportunity to grow and teach your kids by the way you handle your struggles. You show respect to the person you least respect. You start forgiving and showing grace to the person you least want to forgive. Loving the person you least love, that you kind of hate. And God continually starts showing up in unique ways because you're no longer suppressing, but you're dealing. You're facing it. And you're using the power of Jesus' grace to do it. You're running this race with a broken chain now. You're moving. God's, God does some of his best work in seasons of struggle. So just like we had all those struggles kind come to the front of our mind, there's good news with that. God is doing some of his best work in the midst of your struggles. That's good news because we're all struggling here. So you can declare it, you can testify. Man, I may not see it right now. I may not feel it right now, but God is doing some of his best work in my seasons of struggle. His grace is transforming me into the likeness of Christ rather than me just being still and constant in my own struggles, not moving anywhere, being weighed down by them keeping this feeling of misery, keeping this feeling of guilt, keeping this feeling of despair. No, God's grace is transforming you into this incredible, powerful tool. You're experiencing the joy that was intended in this life. You're experiencing the hope and the victory you can have, not only over death, but over your struggles and your sin. You're not defeated. You're struggling. There's hope that comes with that. And it is only found through the power of God's grace that is being made perfect in your weaknesses, in your struggles, and in your sin. I pray that our grief over our struggles, our guilt, I pray that that does not rob us of our future. So we've got to be able to handle when we experience that grief, when we experience that guilt, we've got to be able to handle that. And there's, there's really kind of two ways to handle that. And I'll, I'll kind of close with this. There is godly grief, 
godly sorrow, and then there is uh, worldly grief and worldly sorrow. Now, the differences in the two is that uh, godly grief moves you to action, right? You're grieving over your sin. You feel guilty over uh, your struggles. And what it does, if you, if you grieve in a godly way, it's moving you, when likely, to repentance, right? To the grace that is offered and accepting that grace, repenting of your struggles, of your sins. There's action involved. Worldly grief, worldly sorrow is where you're kind of just stuck in this circle, right? And you're staying, you're staying still, and it's dark, and it's hopeless. There's self-pity, there's bitterness, there's resentment. Maybe you're not getting recognition that you feel like you, you deserve. Maybe you're not getting as much money as you feel like you want. Maybe you're experiencing something that was tragic and it happened and you can't get out of it. You just stay in the state of despair, of, of bitterness, of darkness. And you're just grieving and the guilt is just overwhelming and there's no movement. You're stuck. You become content with this 100-pound weight chained to your leg. I don't think God wants us to be still in our grief. I think, I think he's calling us to move to action. John uh, Chrysostom says this, Sorrow is good for nothing but sin. It fails to mend most ailments. For example, sorrow over the loss of money does not restore the money. Sorrow over the loss of a child does not bring the child back to life. Sorrow over sickness does not cure the sickness. Sorrow over sin, however, can be positive when that sorrow kindles repentance. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. And I could be totally wrong. I'm not dying on this, on my stance. Um, I think it's okay to feel sorrow. I think it's okay to, to grieve a bit. I mean, I don't think I'll ever tell the loss. I don't, I don't think I'll ever tell, tell a parent who has lost a child that sorrow is good for nothing, right? Like, no, I'm, I want to love them. I want them to... Uh, have a shoulder they can lean on, to cry on, to do whatever on. I, I want to walk with them through this difficult time. I think there's a way to feel sorrow and to grieve that's okay, that is positive, that is godly. I, I pray that the parent who loses a child will finally get to the point of, God, I don't understand. I, I fully don't see what your plan is here, but I'm going to trust in your plan. I'm going to keep singing, you are good. You're never going to let me down. And I'm going to just walk with you. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to move to action and follow you, even though I fully don't understand what you're doing here. And I pray that you use this, even though I don't see it and I don't feel it, that you use it for your glory. You use it for good. Because what the enemy wants is if you go through something like that, he wants you to just be still. He wants you to stay in a place of sorrow, of grief, to circle in your bitterness, to circle in your resentment, 
to question God and question God and question God and just stay in the state of despair. Refusing to move because you're content now with this weight and this experience that you've gone through to just keep you in this miserable state, this grieving state. Worldly grief, worldly sorrow. There's no movement whatsoever. God wants us to move despite our circumstances, despite our struggles, despite our sin, despite the, the past that we've experienced, the things that we've gone through. I think he wants to move, move us out of this grief, out of this sorrow, and experience trust and faith in him that will bring peace, that will bring hope, that will bring love, that will bring joy. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. In other words, I think this is saying that your skeletons, your past, the things you've experienced, your struggles, your sin, it can be Satan's, the enemy's greatest weapon or God's most powerful tool. I think it's going to be used either way. And I pray that you allow God to use it as his most powerful tool. He said, I don't understand this, but I'm trusting. God, I feel this guilt, but I'm accepting your grace that it covers it, and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to keep running this race. I'm not going to be chained by my past. I'm not going to be chained down by my struggles that I'm going through. Instead, I'm going to live in the freedom of Christ, that he has set me free from my bondage. He has set me free from death, from my sin, and I'm going to experience that freedom even in the midst of my struggles, even in the midst of the sorrow that I feel, the guilt that I feel, the grief that I feel. I think it's a beautiful picture with marriage of grace and love, grace and love, and I think I see that beautiful picture with Jesus and the body, his bride, just constantly showing grace and love, grace and love and love, and that grace should transform us, right? Like, what does Paul say, Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? We're not content in our struggles. Instead, we're striving forward. Your sorrows, your sins, your struggles are not defining you because you are identified in Christ, You're going to experience some grief, but it's going to be godly grief. You're going to be moved to action. You're willing to clean out your closet to face it. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a little awkward. It's not the best feeling in the world, but you're tired of your future being robbed because of your struggles, because of your past, and because of your sin. So you're willing to take time to pause, to clean out the closet, to face the truth, accept the truth, and accept God's incredible grace and not live in guilt anymore. Because you know God's incredible grace, it doesn't just save you. It isn't just sufficient for you, covers your sin, past, present, and future. It's all you need, but it will sustain you as you move forward in this life trying to follow Jesus. It will give you power that's going to be perfected in your weaknesses. 
It's a hard thing to do. There's nothing easy about this. But I pray that you're not wanting something easy. You're wanting something that's going to bring life in your future because you're tired of being circling in this death that you've been experiencing. Let's stand together. God, I need your help here. Because a lot of times I let my emotions dictate my decisions. Allow my emotions to keep me stuck in guilt. I don't grieve godly. and I, I need your help. A reminder that I may be struggling, but I'm not defeated. I can find victory in your grace. And your grace can save me. It can be so sufficient for me. And it can sustain me through these trials I face, through these struggles that I face. God, I pray that I I don't just study this this message you've given us and, and say, okay, great, and take down some notes and it's fine and do nothing with it. God, I pray that you give me the drive, give me the ability, the strength to, to stop and, and just clean out my closet a bit. To deal with my past, to deal with my struggles. Because I do not want to be robbed of my future that you have planned for me. God, I want to be used by you as such a powerful tool. And I'm tired of being used by the enemy. Take my struggles Take my sin. They're paid for on the cross. Help me trust in that. Help me trust in that sufficiency. And God, help me follow you. I pray that you provide people that we love and that we trust, that we can lean on with our struggles, that we can be real, not just with our struggles, but with other people. And that we can move forward, that we can run this race no longer feeling defeated by our struggles, but feeling victorious because of the power of your grace. You're so good to us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We love you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.